James Altucher, Stephen Dubner, Marina Franklin's here. Marina, how's it going? I love you guys. I love you too. We want to actually ask you some questions or have you asked questions. Do you have one that you want to ask us or do you want us to? I worked on these questions. You worked hard on them? Well, and we don't I, want... I was nervous because I heard your questions are so well thought out. Oh my God. Really? You guys we, are wow. really like... James, we are really fooling people. You guys are really smart. and um, Again, I mean, really <laughs> fooling people. I'm smart too. Job well done, Stephen. So do you think that selfies, which are annoying, by the way, actually cause weight awareness? Weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. Yes. Oh, you spelled it right. Yes. I, I so, think for me, I know what, you know all the selfies I take because I'm just taking them you all You are taking long. a lot of selfies. Did you I know have- that James does an Instagram, uh, a picture a day now? I do, a, I do a photo of the day. I try to. <clears throat> and you're in, what, maybe a third or a quarter of them? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. So mm. I do, I They're not selfies, them, though. But people usually. take pictures of me. Right. But um, uh, I do say, hey, my face is looking this or that, like fatter or thinner. I think about it. Yeah, you do? Yeah, more than... Because in a mirror, you know, you, if you walk in front of a mirror, you kind of know from 40 years of practice what to do with your face a uh, microsecond a before you go in front of the mirror. So, like so you turn the lights down. You're trained to fool yourself in front of a mirror all the time, and I don't really weigh myself on a scale. So the only time I really see from an external perspective what I look like is in a self-fear if someone takes a photo. So I love your question. I don't know how to answer that question, but it reminds me of something that I was talking about yesterday with my daughter, who's um, 14, I do believe, and I like her a lot. Um, and, uh, it was really, um, it was really interesting. She's taking this writing class, um, during the summer at a place called Writopia, which I, which I like a lot. And it's an essay writing class. And, um, I think it's, you know, I think they try to write something kind of between a personal essay and not a school essay, but something personal-ish, but mostly not about just emotions and with, um, with some facts and whatnot. And so last night, she and I and my wife were out to dinner. Our son was elsewhere. And uh, so when you have one kid, you you get deeper than when both kids are around. And she started talking about this essay that she had written. And it was about this girl who's about her age, who apparently is maybe famous for all I know. I'd never heard of it. Who had decided to get off social media entirely because, oh, and because she felt it wasn't good for her. And then she got back on. But she used all her social media communication to describe in a totally different, unvarnished way what the social media that she was presenting was really all about. So in other words, rather than like this one picture of myself where I look awesome, she would say, here's one picture of myself. But just so you know, it took 100 pictures and we were at the beach and I had to get my sister to take the picture to take 100 till I got one that I really liked. And that pissed off my sister, and that started a fight in the family. And it was all about this one young woman gaining this unbelievably, to me, you know, penetrating self-awareness of the vast gap between that public perception that people like to put out about themselves and how they really feel about themselves and how much they have to do to kind of trick the one into looking like the other. And I was so like, I loved that my daughter was writing about this and thinking about it because I think it's a huge struggle. Yeah, for, it is. I mean, especially a young woman. Because they have these filters now. 
And I see it affecting me as well. Now, I've lost, James, you know, you probably, I don't know if you noticed, but I've lost uh, you, a lot of weight. You seem like one half of what you were. Yeah, I, thank you. So... <laughs> Not that much. But no, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight. But it's also due to the fact that I am taking a lot of pictures of myself. Mm. And sometimes I do wonder if it's just about weight or it's also about aging. You know, I, I just, I see it. And then you got these filters that can change you know, especially on Snapchat, that can change the way you look. So you start is to think... Is there a skinny filter? Yeah. There is. There's is there one. There's one where on Snapchat where you're working out and then you get thinner in it. Um, and so it could affect the way you want to see yourself look and you may try to change it. I, I mean, I just... I don't know if that's just me, Well, but what do you think was the incentive for you to suddenly... Because you were fine... Before, I don't know why you had to lose weight. Like, what made you suddenly say, oh, now I've got to lose, like, a bunch of weight? I started to look at myself. I had my trainer say, force yourself to look and see the things you don't like. And I did, so and I was like, oh. So you used it as a tool or an incentive or whatever to get what you wanted. So you're yeah. happy about it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Do you feel—but the way you asked the question made me think— that you were thinking about other people. I wonder what other people, if, yeah, I wonder if other people do. See, I but wonder. here's one big difference. You're in show business. So you have like a professional incentive no, to also. Everybody I, cares how they look, right? Like, everybody cares, but if it's your livelihood, it, you have an extra added incentive to I see do my it. friends now, when we take pictures, more concerned about how they look than previous right. to the selfie, is what I'm saying. Right. Especially my older friends. Who are much more? I see people much more going. Uh, oh, oh! Don't post that one. Can we do it again? Yeah. And then they go. Oh, I my friend Reese. She was like, Oh, I look so heavy in that picture, and they see it that day as opposed to like a picture that takes a while to come out. So it's almost like the uh, ten thousand hour old deliberate practice. Like you're getting this immediate feedback from a selfie about what you look like. That's different from the mirror, which you sort of control. Yeah. To me, the big question is like. I have a hard time answering this because I don't really use social media the way that I think typical people do. I don't use Facebook. I use Facebook for free economics as like a marketing promotional thing, but like I don't want to... The physical part of it. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And I think the reason I don't want to do it is because once you get a little bit of attention, I mean, there are some people who they get a little bit of attention, they say, give me more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And I'm the kind that says, I, when I get a little bit of attention, I'm like, okay, let me just back up into the room and close the door. There's definitely <laughs> that. an addiction to it, but you can't avoid it always. Like, you're not, you never went out of your way to say, okay, I want to be a personal brand, but Freakonomics is a brand. But see, so that's what I like about it is, it's like, I, I have an apple orange piece of fruit that I can put out there instead of my face. <laughs> right? It, yeah. But if you're in show business, you are your brand, not, yeah. you know, to some degree. Right. The words that come out of your mouth are what matter most, and the thoughts that come out of your brain that go into your mouth are what matter most, but the public facing, what they see is you. Yes. you is, which is why, to me, being a performer, actor, comic, whatever, that you physically have to be present to do it, is so hard because when you're starting and you're getting rejected 98% of the time, it's not your work that's being rejected. This. Yeah. The face. Because I've had people actually say to me since I've lost weight, they're like, this is the best you've ever looked in your life. So does that make you give you incentive? Do you want to lose even more? Like, do you feel like, oh, I'm getting rewarded for this I think work. you're perfect. Ooh. Now, I only I met maintain. you today. 
And I, we've been trained not to ever say anything to women anymore <laughs> because it's perceived as whatever. Yeah. But you are super smoking. Oh, Since you well, started you. the conversation, right. I can contribute. <laughs> so whatever you're doing, Keep getting there. high and running. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love that. That brings you so much joy. But well, yes. especially because I live near the park too, and now I'm You'll running. See me. Yeah, I'm going to watch gonna for you running. running high. Yeah. Let's stop to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I am told that Mott and Bo jeans are extremely comfortable, and furthermore, perhaps more importantly, that they will never go out of style. And that is because Mott and Bo's premium denim is handcrafted in their own factory, and their designers understand the timeless appeal of simple, streamlined aesthetics, like my friend James Altucher. There's no ugly back pocket embroidery or weird stitching on this denim. You won't be embarrassed to still be wearing these jeans 10 years from now. Now, let's talk a little bit about Mott and Bo's business plan. Basically, they're a New York City-based startup who are working to get to the top of their market by revolutionizing the way people buy jeans online. They ship factory direct to customers from a factory they own, which increases quality control while letting them keep prices as low as possible by cutting out the middleman. They also want you to be happy with the jeans they ship you the first time they send them to you. So, they have a home try-on program where they send you your size and an additional size to try. You keep the one that fits, and you send the other one back with the extremely convenient pre-printed, pre-paid return label that's already located inside the box. And now here's the really important part. These jeans are already way underpriced for the quality, but the deal just got even better for you. Simply go to mottandbow.com, that's M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com, and use promo code QUESTION for 20% off. There is one time when I was like, oh boy, I'm still hot. I wonder how I look to that person that's running the other way. They must what be like, the heck what, is that girl what, doing? what is she doing? Why? What do you imitate? What high? do you look like when you're. I just wonder if my arms are aligned right. If, if so I, you got paranoid while running. <laughs> yes, yes. It's you were a, the paranoid runner. You sweat it out eventually. That's that's the goal, is that you, you sweat out that. Uh, you sweat out marijuana. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it, it does change after you've. Yes. But let me ask you this. What about, um, so other people, friends of yours, that you see their stuff online, right? You see them all posting pictures themselves. Do you feel that you're judgy in the way that you don't want them to be about you? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the bad part of who I am. I don't think it's a bad part. I think it's a bad part of how humans is. I don't think it's you. And do you feel that since you've lost weight, you've had more opportunities in terms of like casting and getting in shows and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, that's the thing is my trainer was saying that. She goes, I'm guaranteeing that you're going to get different parts now because of what I'm doing. She's shaping my body, and she's changing the way I look. And so, yeah, the parts do change. You, you know, it's the business of how you look. So I never was that type of person. I, I was always like, it's about the art. <laughs> but I realized um, it's really tough, especially as you get older. I'm competing with girls in their 20s. I know I look like I'm in my 20s, everybody. I was thinking teens, late teens. No, but I am competing with that. So do whatever you can to get there, you do know? You think, do you think James and I should start to perhaps work with voice trainers? <laughs> no, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be a, a bodybuilder. You've been saying gonna, that for a while now. Gonna, I've seen no evidence of it. Uh, no, I've been doing it, but I don't. Where? I, like I don't that. actually where build you? any muscles. I don't have any muscle. You're, I think I think I was genetically born without muscles. Your knuckles look a little buffer. 
I will say. You know, my 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 fourteen year old said, "Oh, I could tell from your face that you've been lifting weights," and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Maybe like, your nose what, is bigger. Could be. Like, what could she possibly mean by that? Well, I think she was just being polite. You do change. You know, you know, what's <laughs> I've been going through changes. You know Hormonal. what I've heard is the best thing about lifting weights or working out generally. Forgive me if I've told you this before, James, but I want to tell Marina because this is a good reason to do it, high or otherwise. Because, like, if you're thinking about, like, you're only doing it, here's the thing. If you're thinking that you're doing it only because of appearances and you feel like that's a little bit shallow because you have to, here's why you shouldn't feel that. Because what I've been told by people who know the human body well, medical and similar-ish people, is that one of the reasons that physically active people are healthier is because when you work out, and especially when you work out really hard occasionally, that you're um, basically expanding your vast network of capillaries. And so the blood has different places to go. And therefore, that's a good way to prevent big, systemic, catastrophic things like heart attacks and strokes from happening. Yeah, absolutely. And so the next time you're like, blah, stumbling through the park stone, think, I am getting so much healthier every minute. Yeah, it changes your mood. I actually... You know, you go through—I went through a slump where I didn't work out, and I was really okay with sitting for a very long time, and no one was going to tell me otherwise. But now, like, when I work out, if I don't, I, I actually get a little depressed. Like, um, there is a an obsession with working out that sets in. It's just because it feels so well, good. Also, there's—it releases all these endorphins, which is like your body's say. natural I've never seen an Have you morphine. ever actually seen an endorphin? I haven't. I haven't seen any <laughs> of those, Finn. <laughs> I have a question for you that we'll get to next episode, and it has to do with—do do you watch sports? Do you play sports and watch sports, or do you just run no, stone? No, no. Is if, that your only sport? I, I want to ask her about comedy. If this is going to be her last episode— we're going to ask her well, about sport, sports. Comedy is a sport. All right. No, you can ask her about comedy. We'll do four episodes with her. All right. Um, <laughs> what Do you watch sports? And if so, what's your favorite? I do not watch sports because I don't have a boyfriend. So Really? You need a boyfriend to watch sports? <laughs> I do, actually. I've noticed every time I watch sports because there's a guy there. Really? I just don't. I, I And I don't watch sports because I don't have a boyfriend. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't. I, I do occasionally enjoy boxing. I used to watch that with my dad. Mm. So I'll bring up like Butterbean, which is a hilarious name to bring up. But Butterbean was like yeah, entertaining. Yeah, super heavyweight. For my dad, yeah. And, you know, Mike Tyson. You ever Tyson. seen Butterbean fight? Never heard of Butterbean. Is that a real thing? It yeah. is a real thing, and it's a very rare name to bring up. But it causes like laughter with guys who watch boxing because they don't expect this little girl to bring up I'm, Butterbean. I've seen him live fight, and he's huge. Huge white man. yeah. Good. He he punches like, um, like James Altucher. Maybe even harder, because I'm pretty sliced. You're pretty sliced, ripped, shredded. Just the just the way you say sliced Jacked. makes me feel more. <laughs> James James, you look fine. Oh, that was the left-handedest <laughs> he, compliment I he, ever heard. He said you were smoking hot. Yeah, I'm, James, I'm you look fine. <laughs> fine. It wasn't just fine. There was a pause before yeah, fine. James, like you a, look. We're trying fine. to find the right word here. <laughs> James, James, you look like you're not going to be in the emergency room within the next four hours. <laughs> Probably not, unless you get stressed out. Yeah. Have, have a stroke. All right, Marina, come back tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. We'll share a clip from our next episode right after this. 
I'm Trayvon Free. I'm Mike Drucker. You are now in the room where it's happening. Where we geek out about the best musical of all time. Hamilton. Hamilton. We'll be talking about the lyrics, the history, the production, and we've got some amazing guests. We have actress Kristen Chenoweth. I'm here for you, and I'm sorry you shot him. Comedian John Hodgman. I ran home, and I said to my wife and two children, you have to listen to this. Hamilton cast member Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yo, this is amazing. <laughs> Subscribe right now, and you'll never miss an episode. Join us in the room where it's happening. Everybody! amazing here's a peek at what we have in store for you next time on question of the day marina how do you handle your friend's success are you truly happy for them do you get a little bit a little bit a little bit of well, it's a hard business to always be happy for other people. It really is, because you. I, I find when I'm most happy for other people is when I'm doing well also. 